Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Rebecca Atkinson-Lord, and you're listening to The Legacy Tapes, a series of podcasts exploring legacy and how you might be able to leave something lasting in the ephemeral medium of theatre. And I'm here today talking to Natalie Ebu, who is currently the Artistic Director and Chief Executive of Theatre for Hunzi. And before that, she was Creative Producer for In Good Company at Derby Playhouse. And then before that, again, she was a, a, a freelancer, like so many of us. So, Natalie, we were just talking about what Theatre for Hunzi exists to do. Yeah. You were telling me that its its primary mission is to bring stories about the African diaspora to a wider audience. In Just in the UK, or do you have aspirations for global domination as well? <laughs> yeah, I think it's sort of twofold, actually. So, one, so the company was founded by Femi El Fawadjo mm-hmm. Jr., to tell stories about the African diaspora in contemporary Britain. And, of course, the African diaspora is something that changes yeah. from first generation to second generation, as I am, and, and beyond. So the, the how we serve the African diaspora is a really good question. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is about reflecting the complexity of that experience, mm-hmm. that uh, perhaps my mum's experience of being actually mixed-race African Diaspora is different to my experience as a second generation mm. mixed race Scottish girl. Yeah. Um, and we see our role as changing to reflect uh, the African community as it exists in Britain at this moment, but then also to invite other people into that conversation because, of course, the African heritage experience is not a monoculture yeah. that, you know, the colleagues who are Southeast Asian, the lovers that are Polish, the mm-hmm. flatmates that are from the Mediterranean are all part of the African heritage experience. Yeah. So if we're sort of inviting everyone to let's have a conversation about who we are today. Yeah. I feel like that's that understanding is something that I'm not used to hearing, especially in terms of African yeah. diaspora stories. Um and I, I often, I, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being unfair, but I often encounter kind of conversations that feel quite exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, has that felt like a big change for you, like within the company? Does yeah. that feel like a? Well, I think it is the nature of the diaspora changing. Yeah. Right? So at one point, the story was about arriving. Yeah. The story was about what it means to be an immigrant, what it means to um, have come from somewhere back home. But that's no longer the story Mm -hmm. you know that I share more in common with the Scottish white working class perhaps than I do the kind of immigrant Mm. generation yeah Um, and I think that it's really interesting this idea of exclusive because I think I as an African heritage core audience have also felt that those African narratives have been exclusive when they're singular because I've never been to Africa for it. I mean, that's a lie now. But I went with the British Council to deliver a Shakespeare project. Yeah. Not because, you know, I returned to the motherland. Okay, so you're looking for your basis. people. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and like you know and I don't speak the language and I learned to cook okra soup which is you know a sort of West African um, meal through YouTube and not through my mother so the, the, I guess what I'm really fired up about is extending and multiplying this idea of when we think about African what do we think mm-hmm. because I'm not that version of African that doesn't make me or my colleagues or my peers any less African or the mm-hmm. community any less African it's just yeah. we look and sound different now yeah um so it's I think that certainly and it's just the result of being a third artistic director of Teatro Fonzi and the privilege of being able to take a company and and um reform it for today because the kind of traditional narrative served 1997 mm. and maybe even served 2010 mm. but in 2016 the story is different yeah so we need to catch up yeah that's and that's a that's a big I mean I feel like they're massive because I know Femi uh, who is uh, an overwhelmingly memorable one yeah yeah and also like a force yeah. to be reckoned with and, and, and Lucien as well has such a, a big reputation in the mm-hmm. industry and I, I remember seeing him in some wonderful things at the RSC yeah. that felt kind of uh, trans- transportive yeah. um, and, and now you're coming like you're kind of filling quite you're filling big mm-hmm. shoes with a really important remit and like a, 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 an agenda or an, a, a, an obligation to kind of be really quite um to, to drive an evolution and mm-hmm. um, that's I mean that's a lot right yeah. that's a lot on your plate in yeah, the first it is and it's it feels really complex because on one hand it's not innovation because the world looks like this like mm. we're just living really complex and multiple lives yeah just it just is happening and all I'm trying to do really is make the stories catch up with the lives that we're all living like yeah. let them reflect the lives we're living yeah. but within the sector it feels really difficult mm. because people have expectations of what this company yeah. should be people expect doing. the knockabout Nigerian family drama exactly about and, like morality or yeah and those plays are yeah. great but they're not the totality of the experience yeah. and actually I can see those stories and when I say mainstream I've got the quotation marks because that's a problematic term for me but like we can see those stories Mm. in the mainstream Mm -hmm. and actually stories we're not seeing are the stories that are actually from the inside that Mm. go actually you can just take for granted that you're African but like tell me what it is to be there's when I read a a play about an African heritage Christian lesbian like Let's, let's talk about that because I've never seen those stories mm. on stage on the screen you know I was at um, the Barbican uh, What London Watches launch and in the trailer was a black Scottish man mm. and I like nearly welled up it was the most sort of transformative moment to just be someone who looked like me yeah. and sounded like me I just had never experienced it I was like gosh that simple simple gesture yeah. to acknowledge that person is existing in the world yeah. it's so like impactful and it's about that it's like you know we take I think we take for granted and we think it is just about colour it's just about seeing someone who's the same mm. colour as you on stage and it's, it's not it's about the nuance of the experience mm. um, so we're trying to do that from the inside but yeah so I've lost the thread a little bit there with my emotional story of what no. it means to be seen I mean, I mean <laughs> the thread was just like like a, there's a lot there for you yeah I guess yeah there is there is and it's yeah yeah I think that that sense of like 
recognising yourself or hearing your voice. Mm. Like, I feel like I sound like totally one of the, the cultural mainstream now, but I'm from the Midlands. Mm. And, and I, I have a similar experience when I hear um, a Midlands accent that isn't belonging to an idiot mm. or, you know, that, that's like that's a genuine person. Yeah. And so I can really recognise that. And I think also there's something interesting in, like, if... I always feel like it's massively insulting to define people by by anybody by one aspect of their of their identity like I never think oh I'm a I'm a white woman because I have the privilege of not having to think that Um, but also I don't ever think I'm a female director I just go about my life and all of these things are true so I guess that kind of complexification of the of the stories and the tapestry of of what's in the narrative makes it easier or is it kind of changes how people think about people in the African diaspora yeah I guess I have the sort of because you get to be like a Scottish yeah you get to be a million things at once yeah I get have you know the sort of theory that actually if the lens is a second generation African heritage Mm. that actually it's more universal than the heteronormative white male experience. Yeah. Because actually we're all living a kind of mixed experience. Mm. If you are from the Midlands but you live in London, yeah. you know, and educated somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, that 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 kind of middle space where nowhere is home, but everywhere is home, you know, the sense of having to innovate always. Mm-hmm. Um, that more of us are experiencing that than the kind of singular exactly. Mm-hmm. And so actually whilst it feels may feel like it is for a certain audience our argument is actually for everyone because we're all living this life and like, so we'll just work it out together mm. um, I just wanted to touch on your thing about the Midlands voice being uh, the idiot and I think for me it's about let's get rid of all shortcuts mm. so if you just flood, let's flood culture yeah. all different types of everything yeah. then Midlands will never equal idiot yeah. when a black person walks on stage will never go urban yeah. or there's going to be drugs or an <laughs> crime or they're going to have a foreign accent yeah. you're just not going to know what's going to happen and that is the best work right when yeah. you catch me off guard I think it's just about let's get rid of shortcuts those are lazy yeah and that's the job floods let's flood loads more you know it's not about no more should we see the kind of traditional Nigerian family mm. um, morality play but yeah. let's see that and the you and know 800 other options exactly. yeah exactly yeah and I think that's because I think I think sometimes like the, like the, the terminology around di- like diversity mm. and I just want to like yeah. whenever someone uses that word I want to club myself or they me to death yeah. because no one really like no one really knows what it yeah. means anymore or it comes because well, it just means this right yeah it's just be, be like yeah be like be different but that isn't how people use it they use yeah. it like when someone's like oh you know we, we want to cast a diverse actor and it's yeah. like well if you're doing singular you can't d- diverse means different you yes. can't and I think maybe we just need to like back, yeah back away from you're right back away from those shortcuts and those shorthands yeah. and, and embrace kind of complexity in a really yeah. interesting way and I think listen there have been many conversations around diversity where everyone is just really anxious that we're all going to say the wrong thing and offend each other <laughs> including me yeah. as a black Scottish woman working class woman yeah um, and 
let's just acknowledge that we're going to get it wrong and sometimes yeah. we're going to use words that offend each other but if I think the fear to offend silences us so we don't mm. have proper meaty under the skin get skin in the game kind of conversations yeah. we're all too polite and that's where we're not making any mm. progress like let's just have the conversation yeah. and I think if you approach those conversations with an assumption that I am going to come with kindness yes. and I would assume that other people are coming with the yes. same because I think often you can choose to take offence and yeah. if you choose make that choice it shuts the conversation yeah. down so sometimes it's better to be like hey guys yeah. <laughs> that's all we're not all here in love and yeah. kindness be angry at each yeah. other and act, but but also I should be able to say that's a, like that offends me yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. or you know how about this word instead of that word yeah. but I think that's the only way we're really going to make any progress and bring about any changes if we just get some skin in the game and really properly talk about it yeah and so that thing of like oh we're looking for a diverse actor I think is powered by like this you know what you're after yeah but you're scared to say like black feels dangerous I yeah. think even for me when I hear the word black because I'm not sure how it's been used and it's all about context yeah. like, you know I do sort of prick up a little bit yeah. um, it is a loaded word mm. and but we but, and so we, but we can't be scared of those words we have to use the language we have to yeah. say what we mean because it's more offensive to just be like diverse and that could be like what you mean what do you mean like LGBTQI do you mean Filipino yeah, <laughs> yeah. do you mean Greek yeah like, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's really inter- that's interesting to hear you say uh, I, th- I think one of the things because I've been doing a little bit of work in the States for the past couple of years and, and again like the, just the terminology there is different mm. to here and the dialogue yeah. is very different yeah. and, and I think they're, they're much more obsessed with race inequality and we're quite obsessed with class inequality yeah. and like the, the, we don't talk we just don't talk about things in the same way and mm. um, and things like things like the term people of colour which mm. is there is to, like that's the phrase yeah, that's yeah. the cool phrase if you use that here as a non-person of colour or as a person of like slightly pale colour yes. you have got colour because <laughs> I have got colour I'm not <laughs> invisible and there's a there's a yeah I, I'm so, yeah so even just talking in vernaculars for your context can get really tricksy um, I think yeah so yeah and it's it's really complex and also there isn't like a one word that everyone's happy with like I was doing a project at Raza and um, with the well, it was with ultimately four black or African heritage final year actors, mm. um, and, and we commissioned, co-commissioned Charlie James to write a play for them, embrace them mm. with all their multiplicity, that where we could just take for granted that they're people of colour, and let's go on with telling. So it's context, not subject. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like actually it was a really kind of pedestrian I don't mean that in a kind of derogatory way but it was just it was a play about grief mm. but it felt so quietly political because mm. I'd never been in a space where everyone was a person of colour and they were in contemporary clothes and they were living in a really great flat and they had a well-stocked fridge from Waitrose. Here we just working okay. people. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this feels like revolutionary. Yeah. And it's so ridiculous that that gesture still feels that way. The reason I was talking about that was that so they are, I guess, are, you could say are different generations. I'm 32 and they were like in their early 20s. Mm. And this thing about black and brown and people of colour and like the way that we individuals within the community wish to be defined and mm. it is as multiple 
as the stories mm. and there are reasons that we cannot and I think that's the point we cannot simplify people yeah. you know and I, I, again I don't want it to stop us having the conversation but let's just acknowledge that you cannot it's not one you yeah. know what yeah I think maybe some of the some of the changes in how I'm going to move on to something beyond this in a minute mm. but I think some of the changes in how we're learning to talk about people um, following the the entrance into kind of mainstream dialogue of trans identity mm-hmm. and trans issues and that sense of asking someone you know what are your pronouns mm-hmm. um, which is yeah. such a kind a simple kindness like a, you know yeah. and a decent thing and getting it right yeah. there's no reason why you actually couldn't do that like you know how if I need to talk about you yes how would you how should I do that yeah it's interesting I can't help but feel that it's sort of connected to the where are you from question yeah where and the uh, the, where the issue is that, you, that, in my experience, how I wish to define myself is not um, accepted. Mm-hmm. So where are you from? I'm from Edinburgh. No, no, no. Where are you from? Where are you really no, from? Edinburgh, Scotland. No, no, no. Where are you really from? And then, but really, what you're asking is, where are my parents from? How yeah. am I brown? That's yeah. what you want to know. And <laughs> I, I guess, that, and and it, you know, whether I already anticipate that we're going to have a battle about how I define myself when you yeah. ask the question. And I guess it's the sort of um, it's the counter of that. It yeah. goes, um, you have the power to identify who you are, how you want to be referred to, what yeah. you identify, how you identify is. So it's quite interesting that there's a way to kind of bring that on that because mm. it's been taken away, I think, from people of colour. We're not allowed to define ourselves how we wish to yeah. be defined. It has to be about the motherland. Yeah, yeah. Or you have to decide who I am and where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. You have to approve it. Yeah. That's quite interesting. I see you, like you're the white. Well, yeah, I am. I, <laughs> you're I like, come here. Sorry, yeah. you're representing. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm in. I'm in charge of all of my people. Yeah, yeah. it's like the races are communicating today. Wow, well Me done. on behalf of the black people and you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, good, because I get I get that in Greece. Like that's the first thing because I speak Greek with a really strong regional Greek accent, yeah. which fucks people up. They're like, you do not look Greek. <laughs> you nothing about you passes as Greek yeah. except for how you sound. What and, and people literally say, what are you like? What mm. are you? And I'm like, well, I'm difficult. <laughs> and this is fine. Yeah. So like that on a daily. Yeah, it's tough. It's really fucking tough. And also because you don't get to... Like, it kind of undermines your sense of ownership mm. and belonging mm. in, a, in a really problematic way. Mm. I think that's a little bit like how we talk about class. Like, mm. class is the only identity, really, that other people ascribe... That we allow other people to ascribe yeah. to us. Yeah. Like, uniformly. Um, and I think that's... that's yeah, like that, that sense of, oh, you are you are a brown person mm-hmm. and that is all you're allowed yeah. um, and I get to say that yeah. I, I have no point, I'm just rambling no, 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 and it's good to reflect on what you've said so, oh, it's tough isn't it, I'm yeah. exhausted already you see, it's like, <laughs> and we're like 10 minutes in or something. <laughs> yeah. it just does it doesn't it Yeah. Um, so so you inherited this like, I mean, that's a, my, I think my point in all of that was you inherited this big legacy, this weight of stuff that you have to be conscious of, and that's true in any organisation, like the stuff you have to be conscious of, the political, like, history, and then also because of the company's role in the ecology. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like like I'm just thinking about what you got from the past and then like what the weight of the future is? 
because it because it's relatively yeah. unique. Yeah. Um, do you feel like do you feel a weight of what you're doing for the future? Do you, do you feel like an, yeah. an obligation? So, you can tell me no and fuck off. Well, I just sort of I'm picking it because you know I had to think really carefully about applying for this job because mm. the company so the company had sort of fearlessly, confidently articulated who it was and what it was about, and mm. it had it was so assured. Um, when the job had come up previously and I'd considered it, I was overwhelmed by that confidence because at that time I was like, who on earth am I? Like, you know, I'd had my first black friend when I was 17. <laughs> I've been reflected by, you know, in Scotland by purely white experience. My, everyone in my family is mixed race, so I'm the darkest. And it was just like, oh, it's all really messy. Who mm. am I? What? how do I articulate my experience and that's not my experience of being African so maybe I can't run this company mm. and and then I'd gone on a journey of going actually like isn't that weird that I felt like I couldn't run an African beta company or mm. a company that was telling stories about the African experience when I lived the African experience mm. um, and that was the thing that made me go oh yeah that's a problem so I need to I've got, I've got some shit to do yeah. to make sure that the next artistic director doesn't feel like oh I'm not that kind of African so I can't run this company and that's you know no disrespect to the work of Femi and Lucy and the work they did was incredible and Femi you know what a privilege to be able to take on a company that has existed for at the time I think it was 17 years it's really unusual I think for an organization to move of, of this nature to move beyond its founder yeah um so that feels like a real privilege and um and, and the company had a, has a lot of generosity around it and a lot of people feel very kindly towards the company and it, me- it meant a lot for a um, community of black artists or African heritage artists and that I, that feels like the legacy that, you know, for those who know us and what we do, warmth is exuded. Um, but it's about evolving the company because, the, as I said, the community, the diaspora mm. has evolved and um, are continually sort of weigh up where we should sit and um, whether there is strength in disengaging with the mainstream and just making our work, making mm. our work for people who understand the value to them and who are desperately seeking to see themselves represented in culture um, who are turning to film and sport and Twitter and TV and YouTube to, to see themselves and not coming to theatres versus actually we are the mainstream so let us in the door let us at the table Um, and that's quite exhausting the kind of how much of my time I spend arguing about why we should be in those buildings and why this piece of work is important why there's an audience for it Mm. Um, and and I feel like that's the future is about thinking how do we exist in this particular ecology Mm. you know I read um an amazing quote from uh, the director of Selma, Eva DuVernay, mm-hmm. about um, in the time of segregation when people were fighting for civil rights and equality, that, that there were also pockets of places that were purely black, mm-hmm. where you could um, go to a black post office and a black uh, hairdresser and look after each other, where you didn't have to mm-hmm. fight the good fight, yeah. you didn't have to 
to fight for diversity and you could replenish yeah. and about the balance of where does this company replenish where does the artist and its producers and its audience replenish yeah. where can we not have to justify ourselves all the time yeah. um, and what's the balance I think moving forward so there's a kind of evolving the work reflecting our audience and that's a global audience a national audience an audience that doesn't need to share the same uh, skin aesthetic as us but also about the kind of power that comes from that's a really good word that works in so many ways <laughs> yeah. sorry carry on just finding lots of different ways to talk about what you know we all know we mean yeah um, yeah and um, yeah I've sort of lost it. Oh, sorry. No, no, don't worry. I was probably coming to you the talk, end. You talk about re- yeah, replenishing and just having that yeah. that place that's a battery charger. Yeah, because I think, like, I think the future is not us about and not about disengaging with the mainstream. But I, I just wonder what the balance is. Mm. You know, what does a, what does a model look like? And we are exploring it. You know, for the next five years a model that um, that replenishes itself that, that that makes work for the people it knows are out there that has direct relationships with those people sort of not with venues but then also plays those mainstream spaces mm. and fights that fight and brings about change and disrupts those buildings and those structures and those processes and the way that we talk to audiences like what what's that balance I guess yeah does that make sense Sorry, yeah absolutely there's something really you just said something that I never realised and you know I spent quite a lot of time thinking about I don't know what the word that isn't diversity is but that mm. and I was just I've never really thought that actually as a as a non-white artist you don't ever get to go into a space a theatre space and not be political mm. I don't get to move in the world and not be political yeah but particularly yeah yeah, yes yeah. but and I was just kind of thinking because one of the things that I find myself wearying of just now is I'm so sick of being shouty crackers I'm so sick just the things that I shout about mm-hmm. you know I'm so sick of that and I just want I just want someone to hire me yeah. to direct a fucking Noel yeah. Coward play yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. but then but then even that's political yeah so I was just kind of thinking just that that yeah that privilege that I hadn't really acknowledged that I had of choosing not to be a symbol yeah. choosing not to be a figurehead um must be exhausting yeah it, it is I'm sorry to just yes I am really tired I'm really tired I'm like yeah and I want to do it well but I also don't want to have to do it at all yeah um yeah I think there's something that I've and something I read and watched that talked about the privilege of forgetting the moment you can stop partying something yeah. the moment you can just get on with your life yeah. and those people who don't have the privilege of forgetting so yeah. not you know not having the privilege of not being political not walking into a room and going oh okay I'm the only black person here mm. so whilst I don't want to be the only person talking about diversity I'm not going to not talk about it because yeah. there is a way where we can Someone get away with not talking yeah. about it um, yeah just talk to me a little bit about um, and I don't want this whole conversation to be about about uh, brownness yes um, uh, but it is like I mean that's part that's part of the, yeah, the, the deal job, yeah. um, to, uh, talk to me about the theatres that you because I because I see this happen I see mm. the I see a lot of theatres and people that I like as artistic directors and curators broadly I think are kind of awesome mm-hmm. in respect and then I see them program the one thing mm-hmm. a year and I've had conversations 
recently about a particular play mm. that I want to produce and curate that, that has two um, black mm. American characters in a central role. You've read it, you know. Mm. Um, and and, the, and curators have come back to me and been like, oh, well, we've we've got our black play yeah. this year doing this with this company or, or we don't have a lot of black audience no. and it's like yeah but for fuck's sake it's yeah. because it isn't really about black or more blackness but, but if you're black then I can't see beyond your blackness yeah. and if you're black then your experience is specific so your story of love is about black love it's not about yeah. love yeah 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 we should be past that, shouldn't we? Indeed, indeed. And like some, you know, sometimes I think it's not like malicious or conscious. And I think, you know, the argument for diversity at the top means everything mm. will be diverse. Like that, it just will yeah. because it's about changing the way that you see the world. And I think, or the lens in which you used to see the world. Mm. And I was often thinking about like. Um, like those female-led organisations and how they tend to be um, the most diverse organisations mm. and how um, when you're hiring and you are other in some way or minority, even though we're not a minority mm. as, a, as females, but we're made to feel like it, that you then, you don't need to see your difference reflected, mm. you just notice difference, I think. Yeah. And I think that's really exciting mm. that you can lead buildings and actually just respond to that like fire that is about I've, I am different and yeah. I've sat on the outside yeah. and you kind of, yeah, you connect with that whereas, you know there's an argument for that if you are white, heteronormative male, middle to upper class, what you're looking for is that direct reflection. And you're so used to everything talking in your vernacular yeah. that as soon as something doesn't you're like, ugh I, yeah, I don't understand it yeah, yeah yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about. Um, so let's talk about running a company, oh. and this is the thing that kind of interests me because, in my experience, like at Ogle House, one of the things that I was really aware of was like the tension between needing like like stability and innovation, or stability mm-hmm. and risk, or you know, pick your obnoxiously shorthand words, mm. um, and and how and how much to like arrive and be like this is I, I respect this and we need to maintain the status quo and how much actually when because as an outside you can often see the things that need to change mm. and you get like six months before you can't see it anymore mm. and how much to be like this guys quickly what I still remember yeah. this is where we need to go do you do you feel that tension and where do you land mm. and I mean you've listened to the other episodes you've cheated <laughs> so you know what the question um, is but I don't know the answer still. No. Um, I think that this is where my own professional development as a first-time artistic director and chief exec mm. sort of engages in that historically, like, I am a freelancer or I come in and deliver projects and um, I am I have not been really strategic, I think, and mm. been like, oh, I've got this amazing idea, I'm just going to pull it off, you know, until it kills me, we'll do it. And it's happened, but I've got through just, you know, by the skin of my teeth. Yeah. And um, I think that's part of what that kind of startup makes it happen energy was partly what was attractive, I think, to the board who hired me. Um, 
and what the last two years has been about is realising that that's actually not very helpful mm. when you're in a kind of senior role and you've got a company and staff. Um, and so <laughs> I have been learning around how can I keep that spirit, which I think makes me the producer that I am and the artist that I am, but also like protect everyone and myself actually yeah. and think about sustainability and resilience. Um, and I think it's about processes. Um, but for me, historically, I've always been like, well, why wouldn't you just put more money into projects? Like, why wouldn't you just do more? And realising that actually an investment in infrastructure and investment in prison, those are all really unsexy words, but like, oh, that allows you but to no, do more. Please, for fuck's sake, can someone invest in infrastructure? Yeah, please. Yes, I mean, listen, when I say invest in infrastructure, we're tiny, and, you yeah. know, when I talk about investment, it's not so, much. So I don't mean, I mean ecologically. No, yes, exactly. Um... So I think that's it for me is going actually, well, I want to be able to take bold risk, you know, it's sort of in our very like DNA, it's about mm. firsts, right? Mm. And that often if you are a diaspora, there's so many firsts for you. Mm. Um, and so that is built into the kind of character of the company. So if we're going to do that, then what needs to be solid, what needs mm. to be robust? And that I think is processes. That's been surrounding yourself with excellent um, staff, um, a team. Uh, that's about you know computers that work, knowing their filing system works, you know all that yeah, other stuff yeah. that allows you to. It's like the Maslow hierarchy, right? You need yeah. to know that you've got Wi-Fi in order to do the brilliant <laughs> idea, and that's actually just so true. Yeah. Free yourself of all the other stuff in order to get to that plane of innovation. Yeah. Does that answer your? Yes, answer? yes, it does. I guess it's about it's that those things are symbiotic, mm. which is always true, but I think sometimes. I, like a lot of the a lot of the artistic administrators like the artistic leaders that are primarily administrators mm. that I speak to and I know that that's a problematic term and that mm. like someone somewhere is throwing a, a metaphorical tomato at my head <laughs> but I'm sorry yeah and uh, you know I've, I've been I've been I've spent a lot of time with with boards or with um, chief, chief execs who were very focused on no risk mm. Um and couldn't quite get that no risk is a risk. Mm. Um, so I'm just—it's just a question that I'm always kind of curious about. Yeah. And I, I feel understand. like that's a bit of a tension in how some places operate. Just now. yeah, but like this idea of no risk—it doesn't exist, though, right? Like lessening your risk, but yeah, it's not—it's not an option for us. I think mm. new work. So we produce new work. Yes. We are diverse. Yeah. Uh, not a risk for us because it's standard normal, <laughs> but a risk for everyone for else everywhere. Ooh. Ooh. Can we, we trust have, them? Yeah, we don't have a black audience though. Oh, but do your audience do you live in the world? You don't, yeah. Yeah. Like, do they live in the world in which there are black people? Then there is a place for this work. Yeah. Um, you know, this idea that we have no like history. Um, so the number of times I've sat in front of a funder who's assumed that I started this company straight out of university like two years ago, despite the fact they have the application form that says when we were founded. But also, read Google. Fucking Google. Sure. Google me before the meeting. Sure, but Whatever it's not... ever our status relationship. Like, I get it, you're busy, but, like, it's on the application form that you have in front of you. Yeah. It's the assumption that when you're black, you have no history. So what, like, great, thank you, you think that I'm 22, oh. but I'm... <laughs> and this company started, you know, yeah, like nineteen years ago. So that's also tricky. This I'm idea that I don't really know. We are grown up. Yes, we know what we do. Exactly. Yeah. But the, so the idea that we don't know what we're doing—that this is 
that this is kind of yeah again it's that thing of it sort of perceived to be unusual that a company with this kind of um, remit could ever exist beyond its founder mm. so it, it, the kind of myth although even as I say that I think about Tamasha I think about um, Talawa I think about Kali all who are beyond their, their founder so it's bullshit but the kind of myth is it's a charismatic founder yeah. and, it's, and it's about the, fun, the founder's Mission. Yeah, yeah, but they're also their mission and it doesn't exist beyond, it doesn't have any value beyond. And also that's a massive betrayal of like the just the prejudices of that of that funder because mm. because I mean we do think of theatre, don't we, as like by floppy haired posh white men mm. who went to Oxbridge. Mm. Um uh, yeah, get your hair cut guys. Um like that is what we think that is what we think. And actually yeah. a lot of the time, you know, someone uh, my boyfriend took me to see a show the other day that was made by that brand of person mm-hmm. yeah. and he is that brand of person right. and when I came out shouting about it he was quite uh, perturbed yeah. that I was politically angry by angered by the existence of the thing mm-hmm. um, because that was just how it is that's just that's isn't that what theatre is mm. why are you angry this is this is the sky is why are you angry that the yeah. sky is blue yeah um, and it's just that the sky isn't blue. Yes, it's refracted light. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't even have the energy to like, respond no. to that. It's yeah. like, yeah, and then, and it's not. I don't want us not to have those floppy-haired middle-class white men. Like, I want no one or two <laughs> in competition <laughs> with the you and the me and the yeah, you yeah. know all of us together. Yeah. What's it? it? I saw Deepu last night, and she says um, it takes all sorts to make a world. Yeah, I don't want to eradicate if you know everyone who isn't me because yeah. then we've got the same problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> can't accept that. Um, no, no, no. I can't accept it. I'm just, just. There are just days when. Yeah, yeah, and like, and what those story, the stories that those people are telling, and the buildings that they're telling them. Mm. So when I go to your building, and the only time I get to see a black woman on stage is when she's being raped and in a war-torn country. Yeah. That's a problem. You can tell that yeah. story and whispering in the hope that the podcast doesn't pick it up, but of course it does. Like, <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. And then I sit in that in your theatre and one of your audience members turns to me, no phone in sight, I've ranted about this on Twitter already, but I just feel like it, it all is linked. Yeah. Says to me, remember to turn your phone off? And I was like, I've already turned my phone off. You don't need to worry about me. You need to worry about yourself, kind sir. Yeah. Little does he know, because I'm brown, he doesn't know that theatre pays my bills. Theatre pays my mortgage. You don't need to tell me how to perform in theatre, like how to behave. Yeah. I'm like, I'm getting angry just retelling the story. That arrogance. Yeah. Oh. Ah, yeah. And I'm going to bounce off that into something slightly... Sure, take slightly me away from that. Because, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really, um, because let's, I just want to talk about, like, like yeah, the rules mm. of how to behave. And um, like, I'm thinking, I've been thinking a lot about, like, the democratisation of spaces. Because I spoke at a thing a little while ago yeah. and, like, didn't really say that we should burn down yeah. theatres. But, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was certainly what people took away from it. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that I said was, you know, that people need to feel like they have ownership. If you want new and different people to come, they need yeah. to feel comfortable. Yeah. And if they feel like they have to rent a suit or a dress yeah. to be there, yeah. that ain't going to do it. Um, 
and I was just kind of and then and someone came back at me and was like but you know a lot of our audience really like getting dressed up for theatre and I'm like yeah you know I remember my first time at the RSC wearing a fucking evening dress mm-hmm. it was really uncomfortable <laughs> um, but the show was great yeah and um, and kind of that sense of having that sense of special behaviour is yeah. something you do once a month or twice a year you know you don't do it all the time mm. and if we want people to come all the time mm. and take the risk it needs to be as comfortable as going to the cinema and I used to you know sometimes I go to the cinema in my pyjamas <laughs> don't tell anyone <laughs> and excellent <laughs> so like what do you think like how do you feel about the rules of how yeah. to behave and do you think what do you think needs to change or does it doesn't it am yeah. I being a dick. No, there, I mean, there are lots of things there. So firstly, I don't know if I do want people to come to the theatre all the time. So I went to Regent's Park Open Theatre just yeah. this summer, and I was like thrilled by how much of an event it felt like to me. Yeah. I went on my own, I took my own paddle, I'm sorry, I didn't even like anything, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't dressed up, but I yeah. just, there was like this thrill in the air, and I thought, this is amazing, I'm so yeah. thrilled that I have overuse of thrill, but so thrilled that I haven't done this in like a couple of years, because this feels amazing. Yeah, I haven't been excited Exactly. Yeah. So, I feel that. like, it is okay if people still only come once or twice a year. I'm fine with that. Um, but I also want the possibility that they can come every week. Mm-hmm. And I want the possibility that they can come in their pyjamas. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been deeply offended by all the um, articles that have complained about new audiences and the way that they behave. Mm-hmm. And I went to see um, Oppenheimer's Richard the... Was it Richard the Third At um, the Lexium as part of the International Festival. Only I'm, I'm, because I'm nodding and I don't actually know. Yeah. Only well, I only mention it because the lead actor who is speaking Shakespeare in both German and English had the amazing capacity to come out of it, engage and improvise with the audience, and go straight back in, yeah. straight back in. And I thought, what a muscle, what a discipline. If he can do that, then we can get over someone eating popcorn. Yeah. You know. And I'm all about it's a craft. Pay respect. It's a contract. Yeah, you pay your money. This is you're going to give your show. You're going to sit quietly, passively. That's not what I'm asking my audience. But you know, like I get it. But I just think, come on, guys, we can handle it. If it means that those people are coming and, and having a moment of connection with this thing that we've devoted our lives to, that we feel passionate about, that we make arguments for all the time, mm. then we like we can get over it. And I, I think if we can't, yeah, I think if our audience, like. We're doing it wrong. If, yeah. if if they're so not into like one the best pieces of theatre, you, you forget to breathe. Mm. Like you forget who you are, you forget where you are. You are there in the thing. Um, and I was thinking about like, like I I quite often like you know I love a box set, mm-hmm. and I and I'll and we'll sit in our house and we'll you know we, we can watch six yeah, hours yeah. of like. Or more, so I'm on a rainy day, you know, of Game of Thrones or yeah. of Better Call Saul or of Breaking Bad or you know any yeah. of those really awesome Hannibal, which I fucking love, um, and and we'll spend six hours doing that. And in that time, people get up to the loo and they make a coffee and we'll eat our tea, mm. and like someone will you know burp or like yeah. you know, and, and there are these distractions. Living. And the dog comes in <laughs> yeah. and like farts at you, and you know shit happens, and you're still so in this story yeah. because it's brilliant. Yeah, and I think if we could, yeah, if we can't get over someone fidgeting or so or someone just not out of malicious bad mm. nastiness but just because they're in it yes. you know or, or they don't know or yes. they want to be comfortable yeah then there's there isn't enough of a a connection between the performer and the, and the audience yeah yeah like if you're watching the audience you ain't watching the show 
Yes, exactly. And I just think, but also we think about our kind of bespoke processes, models of which we create work. Mm. So let's like start to think about bespoke models in which people can engage with work. So I think about Nottingham players, I don't know if they still do it, where they had their Twitter seats on press night, where there were seats that wouldn't distract other people and you could mm. sit and live tweet through it. Yeah. And like, if you think about those um, box sets we watch and that moment where all of us are watching it at the same time, we're all live tweeting as we watch yeah. it. Those are glorious moments. Yeah. Like legacy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, so let's find a way to facilitate those people yeah. who want to tweet through it, you yeah. know, rather than embarrassing them and shaming them like I think we just gotta mix it up if the diversity of work that we produce and the ways that we do it we should diversify the ways that you can engage yeah yeah. and I think yeah and they're just because there are shows I only watch to tweet my way through them because the tweeting and being part of that conversation is as fun yeah the waterfall moment that we don't get where yeah. we've watched EastEnders you know yeah. someone dying and we all at that one moment yeah. you know that happened like our neighbours when I was growing up or whatever it doesn't happen in the same way but it yeah. happens and that I don't want to lose that and we should be actually inviting theatre to be an event in which you can do that um, and I think the other thing I was just going to say about it's okay for those people who want to come in a ball game, but it's also okay if you want to come in your joggers or your PJs. And for me, the thing that we are road testing is multiple ways of selling the show. So multiple posters with different um, uh, protagonists, I guess, on each poster, like a film poster where for um, Star Wars you'd have the girl or you could have John Boyega. Mm. Um, and also multiple copies. So acknowledge... I just need to pause. Why don't we know her fucking name? Sorry. No, it's Sorry. fine. But I just need to say that. No, no. But also, I don't watch Star Wars, so I, you know, I barely only. Know but you know his name. Well, only but, because yeah, I, I know, yeah. you know he's a brother. Yeah. Um, not my actual brother. We're not all related. <laughs> um, oh, you're not. Yeah. Oh my god, I've been like addressing Christmas cards wrong for years. <laughs> Um, and multiple copies so acknowledging that some we all go to the theatre for different reasons Mm. how can I help you see that this play is a way for you to get what you want out of it Mm. and if the reason you come is because it's an event you want to dress up then let's write copy that's about the event Mm. and if the reason you come is because you want to lose yourself in another world and you want to wear pajamas and you want to eat your popcorn or your McDonald's let's write the copy that says you can do that with us and let's make all of these people feel welcome and all of them feel like theatre is a possibility for Mm. them that's it I'm not trying to make everyone go to the theatre every single night and be like super fans I just want you to feel like you could yeah that's it yeah it might be safe to do that yeah you're welcome to do it I want you to do it but if you don't cool um okay I could pursue this a little bit more but I won't because there are other questions I need to ask um so uh, tell me about like you and your place. And hang on, I'm just going to say for the podcast, we're at the lovely Camden People's Theatre, and I don't know if you guys can hear it, but someone somewhere is singing. So if you can hear a ghostly voice, it, it's my back exam. It, it's the start of a brilliant show that you could you should catch here at CPT at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so my question is kind of like you, Natalie Ibu, mm-hmm. in the world. Like, what do you want? your legacy to be and I think you can look at it in I, like you can have three stages mm-hmm. right you can have like you as an artist producer mm-hmm. you here at this organisation mm-hmm. and you 
like when you come to leave this world yeah. and shuffle <laughs> off that mortal coil <laughs> like at that point yes oh gosh so oh my goodness um take a singing break um as the current leader of Teatro for Hunzi, the legacy I hope for is <laughs> for theatres I think they can have one more than one black play in a season. Um for just multitude, just I, it's about the multiple. Mm. Um it's uh, it's about help helping making theatres think differently about how we do what we do mm-hmm. interrupting the way that they work rather than us fitting in their model um, for audiences who previously have not considered theatre as a place in which they learn about themselves in the world mm. to think about oh I could go through a play to do that um, as an individual artist and producer, uh, this isn't—it's not the total. These are just the things that are at the top of my head. But I was struck by—I did quite a lot of mentoring, and I was struck by the illusion that I had at sixteen when I decided I wanted to be an artistic director and had to change my personality in order to do it because I was an introvert. Like I'm so shy. Mm. This is like really expensive for me, just FYI. <laughs> um, like personally, um, that still—that still happens. Mm. You know that the people that I mentor still have this impression that in order to work in this industry you need to be super good at networking and be able to go up to people with no cost to yourself and make mm. you know charming and intelligent conversation and uh, like they still think there's a way to be there's yeah. a way to do this so I hope that my personal legacy one of the personal legacies is that we just go there's another way to be in this world like I don't network I hate it it makes me cringe mm. I'd much rather send you an email or tweet you or tweet you out for a coffee but I'm not going to sidle up to you in an event and be like hi Rebecca I read your, I've listened to your podcast I've read your article it's so interesting it's not me mm. you know I'm not going to turn up at press nights and work the room yeah um, so I just and you know, on a small level, just want the people that I encounter, the emerging artists I encounter, to just go, oh, you know what? There was another way to do this. Mm. Um, and when I leave, oh gosh, I don't know. I should feature the caveat that it's okay to say you don't yeah. think there should be anything lasting. It is no, a family. I just hope. Oh, be, I want. You know, I want that for myself to be like Natalie was here and this is what she did um, I have this kind of obsession of like where are we you know my freelance brand was Natalie who was here I've got yeah. here tattooed on me under the under the watch there and I'll take it off you babes I haven't seen it in so I have got a thing about that mm. knowing where you are and where you've been and where you went mm. but I don't yet know what you're going yeah or what I want to leave behind change of some sort that's oh that sounds very wacky no I feel like, like no I feel like no for God's sake I mean that's like that's it right that's all there is mm. like you exist in the place and you leave it changed yes 
Yes, that's all. Like you're gonna do that. Yeah, sure, <laughs> that's sure. all there is. Yeah, but you know, there have been moments where you know, as a freelancer or like in the, in the world as a single person, and I thought, God, if I die tomorrow, I don't know anyone would know because I don't have to be anywhere. So no one's gonna be like, Oh, Natalie's meant to be here at ten, and she's not. Let's yeah. like, you know that I have these moments of going, what impact am I making? Yeah. Does anyone know I'm here? Yeah, like. Thanks a lot, everyone. No, like, yeah, I have a bit, I have similar things of that, but um, there was a there was a woman that that like lay in her flat, died yes. and lay in her yes, flat. Yes, that's how we asked that. Yeah. Um. Um. Movie. Yeah, and like, uh, I mean, I think eventually someone would notice me, but I, I, I am aware that there's that sense of, um, do I, um. Because there's a professional thing, then there's a personal thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, does anybody see me? Yes. Does someone see me enough that they know I'm not here? Yeah. Um, and that can be a personal thing, or it can be like, do, do, am I am I am I casting enough ripples? Yeah. That someone will notice when they're gone. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, I, like I find, sometimes I'm like, no, I, it's really important to me. Let's just chuck a big rock in now. Let's let's actually burn, you know, let's burn yeah. them down. Yeah. Then no one might notice. Yeah. But then I think there's also something about this. There's, there's a little bit of me that is quite charmed by that. This this too shall pass. Sense that everything passes to nothing, mm. and maybe the beauty is continuing in spite of that. Mm. Um, you know, maybe uh, like that's what that's what this this tattoo is about like it's about you know maybe maybe the purpose of aspiration and the purpose of endeavour and the purpose of ambition isn't for the it isn't teleological it isn't for the final thing yeah, it's, it's for movement. it's for the joy of the of the, of the attempt yeah um, so yeah so I I, I, I waver between those yes. two things yeah and I guess I was just struck by the thing of like does anyone see me? And if we think again, sorry to bring it back to race. No, no. But in a sector that only, mm. that only sees you in one way or doesn't yeah. see you at all, then that's magnified. Yeah. Does anyone see me? No, is the answer. Otherwise, I'd be on your stage as me. Yeah. Not me personally. And I, and also, there's something about seeing you as actually you as an individual, yeah. rather than like again, I spent a lot of time just this year at conferences and panel events and stuff and there's like one woman and there's one black or brown person mm. and you're like those people aren't I don't, like we're, we're not seeing those people we're seeing them as a representative yeah. of yeah and, and I find that very frustrating mm. and sad <laughs> I just find yeah. it a little bit sad yeah and yeah I love what we do and I love this industry and I just want it to love us back <laughs> you know what I mean? like just yeah Let's yeah. Yeah, this is like a sort of unrequited love or in some like, fucked up codependent like yeah exactly <laughs> gaslighting <laughs> relationship yeah yeah um and why do you so just keeping an eye on, on my time limit mm. um what why do you do this mm. like so this is like a ten part question right <laughs> Right, I'm not really great at those. I'm gonna forget everything. Well, no, because it's just—I mean, really, it's just me rambling until we know what the actual right. question is. Sure, rather than what I say it is. So, like, do you think that there are two schools of people that I talk to? Often, there are the people that are like it's just mm. it's frippery, and then there are the people like this is the thing mm. that will save us from ourselves, mm. and 
like those two like how do you feel like there is a there is a power or a responsibility or a potential in theatre to affect change do you care and uh, why do you like what is this all comes yeah. under the broad heading of why, why yeah, do you do yeah. yes yes I do think theatre has the power to affect change in individuals that then hopefully become ripple out to mm. become bigger change um, I think so I, I think I do this because and I'm always very sort of wary of this answer because it sounds very selfish but I just I'm trying to work some stuff out about life and I think if I'm asking these questions and other people are asking these questions so like the, the kind of in, the initial impulse is personal mm-hmm. but then it becomes about I want us all to have like let's talk about this thing let's, yeah. let's this is bothering us all yeah. let's talk about let's it let's talk about it exactly yeah. and um, I just I want more and better stories and I think if I felt like I was being served and a community of people were being served then I wouldn't be doing this job mm. um, you know I think that I'm here and I'm engaged because I just I know we can do better and I'm just I'm going to play my part and I'm going to encourage and challenge you all to do better and hopefully we're going to bring about a moment so we've been thinking a lot about like is change a value for Teatro Fulhansi and my question back was like but if I felt like the sector was doing what it should be doing then I think we would just be maintaining it I don't think we would be like okay what's the next thing we want to change Mm. um so it, it, you know, it is it is time limited in a way. You know, it's that thing of like a charity. What what success for a charity? Well, it doesn't it, need no, to no, exist no, no, exactly. Um, but I don't think that success for Teatro Fulhansi would be that it no longer needs to exist because I think it's important to have the multitude mm. um, or the, the the multiple authorship. Mm. Um, because I will tell the same story, or Teatro Fulhansi will tell the same story um, as you in a different way. Um. So yeah, so I'm doing it to work shit out and because I just think we should have more and better stories and if we do these both both these things then we will affect change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I want us to see each other, all of us, and acknowledge that we share more than we don't share mm-hmm. and I want us to look after each other and I you know, for me and this is slightly problematic to say, but I think the shootings in America, we can do something about that, I feel. Because yeah. I feel it's about dehumanising that black body. And the reason it's dehumanised is because you never see it. You never know that it loves and it hurts and yeah. it feels pain and it wants a future in the way that you want a future. So, you know, I feel like in a very small way, without sounding arrogant, that we can work towards that place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's what, that's what I'm about. It's what gets me up in the morning. That's 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 great. That's interesting. And that 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 thing about like dehumanising that black body, and that's what allows you, and and not ever seeing that body as a human body. Yeah. And um, like it, yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think the stories are how that happens. Mm. I entirely agree with you. Like I've been reading a little bit about um, reading about lots of things recently, but one of them is about how we. Um, how we fetishise and get obsessed by things and how we focus on the negative as, mm. as a society and things like, I mean, if we talk about like Madeleine McCann mm. and how um, that disappearance had such a massive impact on how um, and before that Jamie Bolger yeah. and before that Ben Needham, you know, those, yeah. those kids whose names are iconic now 
and has had a massive impact on what parents allow their children to do and how people feel around letting their children have some degree of freedom mm-hmm. and, and I was really curious about why that is because statistically we, you know, you're much less likely to have anything bad happen to you mm-hmm. than you ever have been in human history before mm-hmm. um, and, and it turns out that that psychologically essentially as, as, as animals we're social pack animals and we, and we have a, a, a kind of a rolling pack of about 150 faces and they are our people yeah. and what happens is anyone that's, that makes that way their way into that in our brain a, an injury to them is as though it is an injury to us like we feel it directly yeah. right so anybody else if an injury happens to someone else that isn't in that pack you're like okay I'm sad that injury happened yeah. to you but it's okay it's I'm me. still safe yeah. that's not me um, and what happens especially with like a, a media culture is that when you see that face that Mandela McCann face every like morning, noon and night for weeks she becomes part of your pack so ultimately what happens is you feel that injury yeah. against the self yeah. um, and 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 I find that really interesting mm. because it means that we are paranoid about all sorts of crazy things mm. but it works in the other way in that if there are faces if there are no black faces in yeah. your pack because you you live in a place where there aren't many yeah. black or brown people and you don't see them in the stories yeah then you, your ability you, you just don't empathise with yeah. those people as though they are yours yeah. so it is really fucking like yeah. neurologically yeah. it's really fucking important and we've got responsibility yeah really. and there's like science and shit <laughs> to say that I mean it's so compelling and when you say it of course it makes sense yeah of course it makes yeah. sense so we've got a job to do so let's just get on with it like enough of the round tables just let me into your theatre to do what play that's what it comes down to like let me in just let's make some work yeah that is you know reflective of the world yeah just for me it's really simple but of course it has to be all complicated yeah I mean there is that there is that sense of when when the people that call you for the panel on Mm. Yeah, diversity, and then will not program. And mm. you're like, what have you? You're running this panel. What have you programmed yeah. or curated? It, I mean, let's say five years. Yeah, but the time and the money. Just repurpose it, and let's just you know take a risk because we're risky. So let's do that. But I feel like there are some places where you say that. <laughs> I actually said I said in a, a job interview a while back. I have no interest. In un um, in unnecessary risk aversion, and the entire panel as one wrote, wrote it down. <laughs> I was like, ah, this one's not for me. Yeah, then no, exactly. No. It's still telling. Yeah. I love when those moments happen because you go, oh, this is never going to work. Can I just go home instead of doing the Q and A now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, it's, this has been really interesting. Is, are there things that you want to tell me, or that I haven't asked, or that I should have asked, or that? Are bugging you? No, this has been great. I feel, having been exhausted at the start, exhilarated mm. now about... It's nice to have the space to talk about stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't like the macro stuff. Yes, indeed. Thank you. That's right, thank you. It's been a joy. Hi, this is Rebecca again. I just wanted to add a little addendum to Natalie's podcast. After we finished recording, about 10 minutes after we uh, parted ways, Natalie sent me an email saying that she would just really like it if um, I could make it clear that even though she'd kind of been grumbling about how exhausting it is to be to be fighting the fights that she's fighting in her role, um, she's really aware of what a privilege it is to also be paid 
paid to fight that fight and then have a really like have a slice of autonomy in the world when she knows that to be a freelancer she knows what it's like to be a freelancer and feel like you're on the outside um and like there's no way to bring about any change so she just wanted to make it really clear that she really does appreciate how privileged she is to be in the position that she's in and she was also concerned that she hadn't managed to articulate that in terms of the legacy and she thinks the most important legacy for the company is probably about possibility and that more and different people of african heritage will feel like they have artistry as a possibility for them um, and that more indifferent people will consider theatre as a place to spend their 15 quid or their free three hours um, as a way to figure out the stuff of life um, and that it feels relevant and urgent and absolutely about the lives that they're living so just to make it absolutely clear um, I wanted I wanted to pop that on the end uh, so thanks a lot Natalie okay thanks bye planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.